Hello everyone and welcome to Opinions of Mine, episode 2. It's been a while, we were holidays, Easter, March was a long month, especially the last week of March. I feel like time stopped and started moving slowly and slowly and slowly. March was a difficult month. We had two full moons in March. I realized that afterwards and I was like, okay, now... A lot of things are explained, and again, this is not crazy spirituality. Like we know how much the moon affects energy and and and, and the sea and the and uh, I don't know, women giving birth. So to have two full moon in the same month, trust me, the amount of energy going around the universe is ridiculous. Anyway, March was a fucked up month. Let me say it. Yeah, that was my birthday, which is always like this kind of interesting point during the year when you have to think about okay what have I done with my life but it was it, it was difficult I'm still going through a lot I, I, I won't lie and um, and so that's why April is so important because April is the month of spring renaissance we are coming back to life after winter even if we know that we don't really have a real winter in Ghana, but seasons are real. So new season, new things happening. April is a beautiful month for me. A beautiful, sad, deep. Uh, April for me is Prince month. Prince died. Prince Roger Nelson, the musician, uh, died 21st of April 2016. And uh, yes, yeah, so April for me is Prince month. And uh, it's the purple month, because it's Prince month. And uh, so my, my toes and my fingernails are already painted purple. My yoga mat has always been purple, because I bought it actually, the new one, I bought it actually two few days after Prince died, and so there was no other choice than buy the, the purple one. And uh, purple is actually a, a very, a very important color, and um, I mean, even when I think about how Prince passed, he was addicted to painkillers. And can you imagine how much time do we spend to try to kill pain, whether it's physical or whether it's emotional? So I, I am going through some real emotional pain at the moment. And, um, and I have all the intentions to get through it, but... It's it's very important to 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 be able to try to kill that pain or to uh, solve that pain in a in a healthy way and and so there are different things that I'm going to do you probably find out in next episode but let's go back to the subject of the matter which is prints and purple so purple. It's, a, it's an interesting color, has a lot of meanings in different religions, in different cultures, in different stories. If you think about, for instance, I was, I'm, I've been I'm born and raised a Catholic, and, um, and purple is actually the color that you always have for funerals and symbolize pain and suffering and mourning and penitence, which is like why you people always want to be 
to feel guilty. He's like, there's something I don't understand. But anyway, we'll not go there because we have too much to talk about purple. So you can have this meeting, uh, oh, sorry, this meaning in some in some cultures. But uh, on the other side, purple has completely different mean, uh, meanings. Like let's let's mm, uh, think about. Uh, in general, is the color of spirituality. Is the color of people seeking spiritual fulfillment and represent transformation. Is the color of creativity. So you see, the more I say these words, the more you see Prince, right? And his purple outfits and his purple braid and his purple guitar. And purple is a protective, wise and royal color. And it's associated with intuition and the mystical side of life is an energy of completion. I love this one, of an end of a cycle. And I feel like that's exactly where I am right now. So the more I was preparing this, this episode, the more I was like, wow, it looks like I'm connecting dots. This is so cool. And then uh, it's also the crown chakra. If you have any understanding of the chakras, so the different energy points in our body, uh, the crown chakra is the, the 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 one on the top of your head and has the color purple, and um, it's it's very interesting because the crown chakra provides when it's when it works right <laughs> provides a, a feeling of peace, being at one with life, and a better understanding of others. And also is the is the chakra that makes you feel inspired and energized. Like literally, if you think about this this flow of energy, the energy going up is the energy that also connects to you with the divine. So I'm really happy that this is the purple month because I need all this to get through what I'm going through, which I'm not telling you right now. Maybe I'll tell you next episode. So Let's go back. Oh, no, no, no. No, before I get to Prince, the other amazing thing, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, uh, with Pantone. I mean, Pantone is, uh, is, is, is a system, basically. Now I'm going to say something weird to explain what is Pantone, but it's like it's a system of colors. No? We have all the different codes of the different colors, uh, and, and that's how when we are doing like design or stuff like that, we can be sure that something is printed exactly as in the color that we have executed on screen and and we have a code which is a Pantone uh, code so the Pantone color of the year 2018 ladies and gentlemen is ultraviolet which is the Pantone 183838 and it's literally the Prince Purple I think they should create a color that is called Prince Purple end of the story but anyway this ultraviolet is um, so the definition is uh, ultraviolet lights the way to what is yet to come. And me, I'm like, wow, if I thought about this, it wouldn't happen this way. Like the more I was doing research and stuff and the more it's like, okay, this is happening. It's the time of my life when things change. So the definition of the ultraviolet uh, color is complex and contemplative. Ultraviolet suggests the mysteries of the cosmos the intrigue of what lies ahead, and the discoveries beyond where we are now. The vast and limitless night sky is symbolic of what is possible and continues to inspire the desire to pursue a world beyond our own. 
Enigmatic purples have also long been symbolic of counterculture. Musical icons, Prince, oh my God, David Bowie, yes, and Jimi Hendrix brought shades of ultraviolet to the forefront of Western pop culture as personal expressions of individuality. I swear, when I started thinking about the theme of this episode, I didn't know any of this. The more I researched, I was like, wow, this is my color, my month. We're going to get through this. So, yeah, so April 2016, Prince passed. And I don't know if you know, there was this beautiful song called Sometimes It Snows in April, which is... um, yeah, it was it, it was already one of my favorites. And then, of course, the coincidences of life always give a, a deeper meaning to things that probably he didn't even know he was going to die in April. And um, and uh, the, the song actually became really really popular after he died, like compared to how popular it was before. Uh, and it's a beautiful song. You should you should you should check it out. And and again, it's it's, it's a song of death and and mourning, but also the fact that yes, incredible things can happen in April. It can snow. Uh, we remember Prince for so many things, so many incredible performances and 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 funny situations. Uh, the, the Prince Super Bowl halftime is probably one of the most intense and beautiful. Like without taking anything away from Beyonce or Gaga, but that that Super Bowl halftime was just unbelievable. Like the musical level, the the the, the, the rain. Do you remember? It started raining while it was doing purple rain. It's just like. This guy can control nature, and 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 and, <laughs> and it's just different, different. And um, it, it looked, it, it was this kind of human beings that it, you don't even know if he's human or not. Like his aura is unbelievable, and and compared to us, like us mortals, it's like wow, where are you coming from, man? And I was blessed. Uh, when I was able to go and see Prince in concert. First time was uh, October 31st, 2002. And it was incredible, really, really incredible. Me and my sister and her boyfriend at the time, who was my drummer and one of our best friends, we we, we, we went from Rome to Milano with, with our car and we went to this Prince concert, which was unbelievable. Like the, the situation was just like, so it, it was a, a small, uh, a small place. It wasn't a stadium at the time. I mean, in Italy, there were not so many people appreciating Prince at the time. And uh, I mean, only people with a certain level of music culture. And, but, but the, the get together for the Prince concert was ridiculous. Like you would turn and there was this sort of VIP area and behind you, you have Donatella you have all the most famous Italian musicians and singers and stuff because it's Prince, so everyone would show up. It was so... The energy was really, really big in that room. And I remember, like, that that happens at all Prince concerts. When I went back to see him, I think it was about 10 years later, I was sitting with my sister <laughs> for the concert, and, like, in front of us, below us, there was Lenny Kravitz with Zoe. And you're like... What? <laughs> like I'm at a Prince concert and it's like everyone is here. Everyone shows up for Prince. 
And uh, the, the the concept was unbelievable. If people are a bit into music, uh, Sheila E was on stage. Uh, Missio Parker was part of the band at the time. It's like so you you're not only seeing Prince, you're seeing on stage one of the best musicians ever. In like like I cried the entire concert. Like I literally cried the entire concert for two reasons because I couldn't manage the emotion of seeing Prince for the first time there was another funny reason that I'm going to tell you uh, so at, at, uh, we I mean yes some some phones already had cameras in 2002 I guess but uh, mainly we still had uh, cameras and uh, and um, cameras with actually the the uh, I mean uh, we, we we still we used to print pictures, right? Like it looks like I'm talking about 50 years ago, but it's not. But anyway, so we were not allowed to take pictures, and I thought, oh, no one would notice. And I took my camera out of my bag, uh, and uh, that's because Prince was quite paranoid, so he didn't want anyone to take pictures at his concert. And I took the camera out of my bag, tried to take a picture, and this huge bodyguard comes in and takes my camera and takes my. Um, camera film out uh, and I started crying and I was so desperate and my mom and dad uh, <laughs> my mom and dad anniversary picture were in the camera and everything got lost so like whoa tragedy <laughs> anyway <laughs> apart from that I cried because everything was incredible everything was perfect and um, so it did uh, I think, so I found the data of that concert. There's some crazy people who put online even the lineup of every Prince concert. So the lineup was unbelievable, unbelievable. The title of the tour, it was One Night Alone. And um, apparently he performed 140 minutes and then he performed other 45 minutes. So 140 minutes was supposed to be the duration of the concert. And then he came back on stage for other 45 minutes. When he came back on stage, he performed my favorite Prince song, Piano and Voice. I cried so much. I mean, I cry a lot. I know that I cry a lot. But the, oh, there were tears of joy. Literally tears of joy. And uh, yes, yeah, so my favorite Prince song is Adore. Which is a, of course, a love song. Yeah, you know the one that goes until the end of time. I'll be there for you. You took my heart and mine. I truly adore you. Yeah. So he performed the song, and everything was incredible. And yeah, and I, I was actually checking this book. That I have. Uh, when I, when I went to to Italy last time, I I got this uh, beautiful book that it was just released. Uh, the photographer is uh, Afshin Shahid, uh, which uh, you might not know, but it, I mean, he's a photographer, very popular photographer. He was following Prince uh, for a few years uh, in tour, behind the scenes. So this book is a collection of these intimate pictures that never went out, and it's really. A, beautiful especially if you love him it's 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 so nice to see some some intimate situations when it, it looks like a normal person not just the god that he was uh, but this this guy Afshin Shahid is also the father of Yara Shahid who is this 
the, the girl from Blackish and, and Gronish and this uh, goddess who is an activist and uh, a spokesperson for women and civil rights. So, yeah, another incredible family. And in this book, really, you see things that makes you think a lot. No? So I was, I was actually checking the book with, with um, one of the few people are allowed, who are allowed around me these days because I'm not like, comfortable with everyone. But so I was, I was checking the book with this beautiful friend of mine. And, uh, and, and the more I was looking at the picture and it's like, can you imagine if anyone that we know would go around with this, with, with this look and, and these outfits like, Prince was able to wear makeup, heels, and still be the sexiest man in the world in an incredible way. It was just, like, mesmerizing to look at him. Like, I, I, I don't recall any woman that, I mean, maybe my mother, but I don't know. But, but most of the women I know, we all agree that it was the sexiest person that you have seen on stage, alive, talking, performing, or whatever. And his gender fluidity is like, he could be, it's just, it, really, sometimes I lose my words when I think about Prince, but, but that's why the title of this episode is Can I Be Me? Because the reason why Prince was like a god for all of us is it, because he was really able to be himself, and um, it's something that he says also in one of his songs. You can find a, a beautiful reference um, to Prince in, in this uh, book that Questlove um, published a few years ago. Uh, Questlove is, is, is another of the people that I really, really, really love. I always say sooner or later I'm going to marry Questlove. He doesn't know, though. And um, his book called More Matter Blues is an autobiography, but it's also biography, but it's also an incredible music journey. So if you are a music lover, you should definitely find a way uh, to read it because uh, you can learn a lot about music through that uh, and discover music. And, and the story is really, is really beautiful. And uh, so the, the, the book opens with a quote from Prince, say, I don't talk about the past, apparently Prince used to say, which is very important for me right now. And then he says, more to the point, we got Prince. The kids of the 80s were just sitting there minding our own business when all of a sudden, the same artist who had freaked out our parents with his unholy mix of sex and salvation on 1999 returned to action with Purple Rain. The record took whatever categories reminded and burned them all down. He says it right at the beginning of I Will Die For You. I'm not a woman. I'm not a man. I'm something that you never understand. And that was Prince. And he was just himself from the beginning to the end. And... That's what I want to be. Like, things that happened to me in the past month make me, made me realize there's just only one way to survive in a healthy way, and it's to be yourself and, and, and stop 
trying to force yourself in situations that are perceived as right by other people around you, having expectations on you. And, I mean, these people are not trying to do anything bad, probably, but, but there is a huge amount of things that happen to us and they are guiding us towards what is our call and we keep ignoring these things because we feel that we have to make other people happy more than us. Family, friends, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, whatever it is, we are not ourselves most of the time. We silent our heart to listen to our brains most of the time. And I am done with that. That's the news. It doesn't mean that you go around acting crazy and you become the most selfish person in the world and you only think about yourself. No. It just means whenever you have to take a decision, whenever you have to plan something, listen to your heart first and then let your brain execute what your heart wants. Not the other way around. We are used to think first and then, yeah, make things happen. But what if we listen to our heart first and we have this beautiful, amazing brain to execute whatever we want? If you think about it, all the people who achieved something have acted like this. And the people who actually couldn't be themselves are the people who had the hardest life. And I, I, I have to go there because uh, I, was, I was watching, again, I've watched it like 20 times, uh, Whitney Houston's documentary on Netflix. Uh, the title is Can I Be Me? Apparently, Whitney used to say this, can I be me, like a mantra, many times, even when he was on stage. One of her musicians interviewed in the, in the documentary says a famous say was, can I be me? In fact, she would say it so much, we had it sampled. We thought she was this incredible singer, woman, beautiful, and she could have anything she wanted, and she was the best-selling female singer in the history. And she wasn't herself most of the time. And she died because of that. Yes, of course, she was a drug addict. But the reason why she became a drug addict is because she couldn't be herself. The reason why she died, somebody says in the documentary, say, Whitney died of a broken heart. And I look at that and I'm just like, man, why people have to die because they cannot be themselves? What's the point? Like, I'm not going to get there. Like, in my 40th year of life, I'm not going to allow anyone anymore to, to, to not let me be me, and especially myself. I owe it to myself and to my life. We have this beautiful gift that is life and we are wasting time. So I am going to be me, whatever it's going to mean. And uh, being me is, is, is mainly 
going to mean that I'm going to show people that it's possible to believe in something and just make it happen. It's possible to be loved for what you are. And, and, and if they don't love you for what you are, oh my God, they don't have no business with you. They have no business with you. The universe is literally giving me the chance to do something and I keep ignoring this call. But if you think about all these role models that we have, all these people that we quote, oh my God, all these quotes thing on Instagram and stuff, people quote people don't even know why. But think about it, Oprah, Frida Kahlo, Steve Jobs. Why do we quote these people if, if, if then we, we refuse to be as authentic and, and, and crazy as they were? Kanye West, no one can touch Kanye, like seriously, unless you know Kanye's story and everything about Kanye, you really don't have to, 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 to laugh at Kanye. Say, but the reason why Kanye gets so frustrated and depressed is because every time he's himself, somebody's telling him he can't. If something happens to Kanye, we are all responsible. I mean, I don't know how to say it, but it's like we have to let people be. We have to let people be whatever they want to be. And, and I mean, we live in a country that is so judgmental and is so, um, yeah, opinionated about what people should say, what people shouldn't say. And, and when people say, oh, Ghana is such a peaceful country, Ghana is a passive-aggressive country. I'm sorry to say that, but it is a passive-aggressive country. And mainly it's because people keep judging other people for what they are, not for what they do. You can be the best person in your job, People can still fire you because of what you believe or what you look like. That's ridiculous. It, it doesn't make any sense. And, and that's related also to the way people deal with emotions. Uh, you, uh, there's the, the new episode of Letterman's on Netflix with Jay-Z is amazing. Watch it. I, uh, I love Jay so much. And, um, oh, first thing, he says that Kanye is his brother, so oh, my heart is so happy right now. And uh, the other thing, he says that there's the lack of emotional cues is what ruins people, relationships, and situations, and lives. There's an, an emotional immaturity that I find around me in Ghana, most of the time, I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying how I feel, seriously. And, and, and that's how I feel. Probably 90% of the people feel in a different way. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I think I, I can still say it. I, I feel like from my point of view, there's like, it's like this, there's an emotional IQ. And here is super, super low. It's like people refuse to learn how to deal with emotions. We, we, we deal with death in this weird way, like, oh, well, it happened. And you're like, no, you have to mourn. You have to, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very difficult for me. It's like, I feel there's, there's, there's fear of emotion. And I mean, I'm experiencing these days when people ask me, how are you? 
they really don't want to know how am I. 98%, I can't think of them, want to hear me say, I'm good. Because they want to feel better. They don't want to feel guilty. Because some people probably asking me, how are you, feel responsible of things that happened to me very recently. And if you say, I am not good, they will tell you, oh, you'll be fine. I swear. When they tell me you'll be fine like that, like a mantra, it's an automatic response. You have an, two automatic responses. You'll be fine or sorry. Every, like, I can go through my WhatsApp. I will start blocking people, by the way. I can go through my WhatsApp, and if you say, I'm good, there's no other question. If you say, I'm not good, you have two options. Sorry, or you'll be fine. Like, do you think this is helping me? And, I mean, I know some people generally are asking, how are you? But then they don't want to know. Because to deal with pain... To deal with this kind of emotion is not allowed. You need to pretend it's not happening. We want back as soon as possible that Irene that we like, that takes pictures and goes around and is flamboyant and is funny and is laughing. But, but that, that one in pain, the anxiety, the panic attacks, that thing, no, please. So when, you, when you're back, let us know. And you're like, but, but that's the package. I don't just go to work. I don't just do something because I need a salary. I don't say things because I have to. I believe in every single thing I say and I can't lie. I can't pretend I'm somebody I am not. And so things affect me in a very bad way sometimes and very, very deeply. And if you want to hear me say how bad I feel and how that affects my, even my body, well, just don't ask then. Few people really want to know how are you when, when you are depressed and when you are suffering. You'll be fine. Yes, you'll be fine, but what if I don't? And I, I don't really talk about myself right now because I've been through hell. I've been in hell and came back so many times that, I mean, deeply inside me, even when I have my very low moments, I know that I will find a way to survive. But a lot of people don't. People kill themselves. People left there in their depression and, and th th they're not able to function anymore. They're not able to go to work anymore. And to pray that they'll be fine is only going to make you feel good, not them. Some people just need you to be there holding their hands while they're going through their pain. Some people need to be watched why they are going through that, so that you're sure that they don't go, are not going to hurt themselves. To be there for people doesn't mean that you have to tell them that they are going to be fine. It means to hold space for them. It's a beautiful, beautiful concept that people who teach meditation and stuff usually talk about. I was doing my mindfulness, mindfulness meditation and this um, came up. I'm going to read you like a sort of definition of this. Holding space for another person is incredibly profound. When you hold space for someone, you bring your entire presence to them. You walk along with them without judgment, sharing their journey to an unknown destination. Yet, you're completely willing to end up wherever they need to go. You give your heart, let go of control, and offer unconditional 
support. Is, is there anything more beautiful than this? So if you, if you call yourself friend with someone who's going through real depression and issues, please just hold space for them. Don't tell them what to do. Don't tell them you'll be fine. Because in that moment, trust me, they don't feel they're going to be fine. So if you really care about people and you're trying to, to, to feel better about yourself, just stop saying this sorry. What is this sorry mantra that we have in Ghana? It has to stop. Like, we can't just say, okay, I said sorry, so I'm done, right? No, it doesn't work like that. The constant being sorry is also a, a sort of mantra of a nation. Why should we be sorry all the time? Like, I, I'm, <laughs> I think we need to have more conversations about emotions. And, I mean, probably being me, He's going to, to, have, to have also these kind of conversations out there. Because it's necessary. And yeah, we have to think about what, what we do to people when we don't allow them to be, to be themselves. And how blessed we are when we can meet people that actually are themselves, like Prince was. So, yes, this is how things are going to be. So if you stay tuned for the other episodes, I'm sure you will learn more of what is happening. You will learn more about how is it going. And um, please let me know what you think. A couple of people asked me, oh, let me hear your podcast. And then they listened to that. And then they disappeared. And even when I asked, oh, what do you think about it? They never answered. I think somebody got shocked already with the first episode. But please tell me, did you hate it? Did you think it was disrespectful, crazy, whatever? Please say it. That's the whole point. So if you want to say something... As usual, you can go on Twitter and check me at Irene Donati, which is I-R-E-N-E-D-O-N-A-T-I. Instagram is still stuck, but anyway, it's I am Irene Donati. And uh, yes, to close, shout outs. So if you are in Accra, please, 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 12th of April is a beautiful day because... Bright Aqua Michael Soy exhibition is opening at Kempinski Gallery 1957. Bright Aqua is one of the most beautiful friends and presents that I was honored to have in my life, and I'm so happy he's around. And I love the way he's around because he's this very reserved and thoughtful way. He's not there all the time, but when he's there, he's always to say something meaningful 
It's like, yeah, we don't have to talk every day and say we're sorry for each other, you know. But but he's, he's, he's a special person and he's somebody that definitely, definitely finds the way to be himself despite whatever people say. And uh, so... 12th of April, you can, it's going to be there for a while. It's free. So culture, most of the time, culture and arts are free in this country. So let's please go and check out Bright and Michael Soy. Michael Soy is this amazing um, painter from, uh, uh, from Kenya. So I am sure the exhibition is going to be ridiculous. I've not seen the, the, the artwork, so I'm so excited. And uh, I'll be there for the preview. And yeah. Bright, I love you so much, and I'm so, so proud of you. And uh, the second shout-out is for the Gold Coast Report. Thank you, guys, for having my podcast in your uh, in your roster. And uh, so shout-out to also the other members of the family, artists, Denzel and Coffin, I love you. And uh, after the whistle, free your mind and the other room. So don't forget to follow also the other uh, podcast uh, and to go on the Gold Coast Report website. And uh, third shout out, Robin Hughes. Thank you so much for letting me use your song, uh, Dear Diary, for the opening and the closing of every episode of um, Opinions Are Mine. And uh, if you don't know Robin Hughes, please go and check out his mixtape. He's on iTunes and all the usual platforms. And it's called Hughes. And uh, there are some incredible songs, like Robin Hughes' voice is, is, is oh, I, I can't even, like, the last time I saw him live, I was like, wow, you really, really are special. So mm, the, the, the mixtape is, is really interesting. It's a lot of songs, uh, but he's a mixtape, so it's just like to put out there. His music is, I think it's 18 songs. That can easily be two albums, I think. I told him already. And uh, mm, there are some some gems, really. So, so please check it out. And uh, that's it. So for this episode, I think we put a lot of stuff on the table. It was a pleasure to be here. I hope to start hearing comments and, uh, and, and uh, start some new conversations uh, it was lovely again and I'll see you next time